This week on the Hab Forum, uh, we have one win to talk about. How exciting. Uh, but uh, only one and two losses. It's not going much better for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they keep get they keep losing, but not just losing, but just getting just trounced by these teams they should be beating. So we're we're gonna talk about all that. Obviously, talk about whether or not this team needs a captain. I mean, Drouin kind of announced Weber's retirement for, for him. Uh, and uh, I mean, aside from that, just like what 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 do we need to do to to fix this? Is there anything that can be done to fix this, or is just gonna be a very very long season? So, uh, Dustin, let's get started with, I mean, the, the the last game, the first game since we had a podcast was a 4-1 loss against Carolina, which, of course, Kotkaniemi scored in. I mean, what what, what a great way to get uh, get started for uh, for that, uh, for that. I mean, just, I don't I know, mean, what, is, what is there even to say? You know, it was, uh, I mean, that's clearly just the way that the Habs season has been going so far. I mean, what, what, what else would you expect? It was a guarantee. It was a guarantee he was going to score. Like, and it was not like it was a nice goal. Like, he tipped it in in front of the net. Like, it was a fine tip and all that. But, like, it, it was guaranteed to have to happen. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, it was, it was, I mean, uh, uh, you know, we talked about it last week that, that it wasn't necessarily a game that we were expecting to win. I don't think Carolina's no. even lost a game yet. Um, no, Canadians, you know, at that point, were still winless. So, wasn't necessarily the game that we, uh, that, that we were expecting them to win this week. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily the best effort. Obviously, it hurts even more because of Kucky Nemi scoring that goal. Um, you know, basically scoring the dagger goal uh, to make it three to one. And then, and then three points for Aho. You know, also a former Montreal Canadian. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, yeah, it, it, obviously the Canadians did not get the week started off very well. Um, but, uh, I mean, and, they had, and yeah, you're right. They, uh, you know. they, they, they were still without a loss at that point. They still haven't lost or five and oh, they're a big team. I mean, losing, like if, if losing to Carolina, like even if the season was going well, you know, as well as we'd want it to go, like we do kind of expect a loss there. And I don't know. I don't think there's much to talk about there. It's been a week at this point. Anyways, let's just move straight to the Detroit game and Hey, some positives. They, the Canadian, and first of all, the, the game starts off horribly. Dylan Larkin scores on the power play, and it took him, I think, seven seconds on the power play. I mean, how atrocious has the PK been for the Montreal Canadiens? It's 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 completely pathetic, and and almost as bad as the power play, uh, in fact. And it's just impressive to watch every single game how every team seems to have an amazing power play and amazing penalty kill. But no, we're just terrible in both aspects. It's it's really a good question. What has been worse? Is it the power play or the PK? Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, but it's it's unfortunate, right? Because I mean, and we talked about this also on on the last last week's podcast that the PK for you know, I mean, the last how many years has been basically the bread and butter for the Canadians. Now, obviously, they've lost some of their most important members. Well, yeah. It makes a big difference, of course, when Carey Price isn't there. You know, Shea Weber obviously was a big part of that. Edmondson, uh, yeah, Philip Deneau, obviously. I mean, I think we're seeing just how much he meant to the team. But, I mean, you still have a lot of those top guys there too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Petrie's still there. You still have Lekin and you still have Army. You still have Toffoli. Uh, I mean, and, and obviously you add Dvorak to, Dvorak to that too. But, I mean, it it just they, – they just seem so disorganized. They don't know – who's covering who. And, and, and I mean, basically it looks like that in all aspects of the game, I find, 
Um, you know, I've, I've said this before that I, I mean, the Canadians really aren't that, at least to me, aren't that bad on paper. Like they're, they're really, if you look at the team, not, I mean, they're a pretty good team. I mean, especially obviously at forward center depth, you know, a little questionable. I mean, I think they have eight, at least eight very good wingers on the team. Yeah. I, I, I really think the defense is, is better than they've played. Uh, you know they obviously need, need See, an no, upgrade. Th- that's that's where I don't know if I agree with you. I, like 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 the defense has always been the biggest problem for this team, especially with Edmondson out. And like we know Shea Weber slowed down, but it's obviously been a hit to the Canadians to, for Weber to be gone. And just Petrie hasn't been the kind of amazing defenseman he's been in the past when stepping in when Shea Weber was out maybe he he misses Edmondson next to him but just there's just no stability on the defense there and and it's either we have defensemen that are shut down defensemen and can provide no offense or they're offensive defensemen that can provide no defense you know like that, that just get turned around right away there's just there, there's a such a huge hole of of a, of a top tier defenseman needed on this team, and I, th- I think I think it's the biggest thing that this team is lacking. And we were kind of hoping Romanov would turn into that, but it's it's not really happening. It's just, I mean, I I just Ben Sherratt thinks he's Bobby Orr out there, you know. It's I mean, and then I was almost disappointed when he scored against Detroit because uh, that that's just well, he scored a goal. Now he's gonna think he's even better, you know. So like. So just I just I don't I don't the defense to me is the biggest problem because I know the team's not scoring, but like that's part of it, right? It's the transition; they can't get out of the zone. It's 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 all that stuff, and and it, it just it just con- con- contributes to everything. And, and you add in the setting depth to go go with that. It's just the whole defensive. Like you can't build your team through wingers, you know. If anything, no. that's the last position that you need to build through. No, absolutely. I mean, I definitely agree with that. Obviously, it seems like he's basically, like you just said, he's he's built this team from. I mean, obviously you have Carey Price, but after that, you know, all all the best players we have essentially are wingers. Yeah. And and obviously that's not really the way that you want to build a team. But now, obvious, I don't think anyone's going to argue that the Canadians don't have that that top end defenseman. But at the same time, if you look at the defensemen they have, like it's it's not like these guys aren't NHL guys. Like they're all decent NHL defensemen, right? You're not like I mean, there's other teams that you know some of the some of the other bottom five feeding I mean, teams. I, that... I I don't disagree, and I do agree that some teams have worse defensemen than the Canadians. But when you don't have that top tier guy, it means that every defenseman is playing a role above the role they should be playing. You know, it, it's like every defenseman, like Petrie's a, a great a elite number two defenseman, but he's being pushed into a number one role, you know, and Ben Sherratt could be a great bottom pairing defenseman, same like Edmondson, but they both have to play big minutes because they have no choice. You know, that that's what's going on with this defensive course, a bunch of defensemen that are being asked to do more than what they should be doing. Sure, they're NHL defensemen, but as a whole, this unit is just we're just seeing it. I mean. It's it's just not there. It's just, but I mean, at the same time, like, is it is it just that, or is it everything? I mean, the the emotions on this. There's no confidence on this team. It's it's at an it's an all time low. This is honestly the this skid. Even though they've won one game and they're one and six, feels worse than the eight game losing streaks we went on in the last few years. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's not just the fact that they're one and six, right? I mean, it's it's the way that they're losing these yeah. games. I mean, you know, last night, I mean, they got blue blow. Blew out or whatever the hell it is. Blown by, out. 
blown out <laughs> by an expansion team. And not and like this was a team like it wasn't Vegas when they came in. Exactly. Season, it, it's an expansion you know. team. You know, it's a it's a true expansion team. It was it's unexpected. But hey, if we're gonna talk about yesterday's game, I like I don't want to blame it on the goalie entirely, but man, Jake Allen looked bad in a lot of those goals. There's plenty of problems on this team. I mean, the Canadians have the worst goals for in the NHL by a good margin. So I'm not here trying to blame Jake Allen for everything, but man, did he look bad yesterday. I just feel like everyone's looking bad. There's there's no confidence on this group whatsoever. Like I I don't know like what, what needs to change. It's what can change. I, I I just have no idea. It's just it just looks so bad out there. And you you'd think maybe that because that six one win against Detroit sure is Detroit, but you know the fans were into it. Uh, Mathieu Pelo has the hat trick. And like he's the ultimate, you know, can't wait to 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 play for the Canadians hometown kid. Like if, if there's anyone on the team, maybe like Jonathan Drouin would have been the only one I would have been happier to get a hat trick. But even there, he's been performing okay. So that's the type of thing you think is gonna give the team a boost. But then right away they go against Seattle, and it didn't take much, and everything was just it was out. The, like it it looked like that one made no difference, and it's just there's nothing there. Like the shoulders are down. The the team is so down on itself. There's no confidence or anything. It just like I don't know what it's gonna take to get this team out of it. You know, I really don't. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's the really disappointing thing. I mean, you know, on, on last week's podcast we talked about you know okay they probably weren't gonna be Carolina, but then they had Detroit at home before the long uh, you know road trip out west. This was a game that they really had to win if they were gonna turn the season around. And I mean, you know, that that game again, six to one win, it obviously didn't start off very good. But that game, like it it basically went exactly yeah. how you would want the game to go. They blow the Red Wings out. A great performance in front of the home crowd before they head out west. They have again, like you said, Master Pego, the hometown boy, gets his first three goals in a Habs uniform. It was like the perfect storybook way for yeah. that game to go. And you would think, okay, the Habs can turn it around now. And then they go up up against Seattle again, an expansion team, a very, a, not a good expansion team, and they just got completely outclassed. They got outworked, out hustled, outplayed. See, that, that's and, the main thing: outwork, out hustle. Like, like just like like Brandon Tanev, I think put in more effort by himself than the entire Montreal Canadiens roster. It just, and I don't know if it's like I don't think it's a team that doesn't care. But it's almost like when they have such a they, they lack so much confidence, there's something missing that they're almost scared. They're playing scared. They don't want to make mistakes, and and then then they're making a guy like Yanni Gord look like he's winning, look like Wayne Gretzky. You know, it's just like I don't. That was such a bad. That like that might have been uh, as bad as the season's been so far. That might have been the worst performance so far. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think you can really argue with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and again, uh, I get back to the point that the Canadians, at least again, on paper, I think talent wise, they have the talent. But for me, I mean, it's it's been the effort. They look completely disorganized to me. I mean, this is really on coaching. And, and you know, no, but they have, have the talent bad, for what, though? Like, I mean, they, they're at least on paper. They're really not that bad. They're, they're not they're not a one in 16. Again, like it's it's really, and and I mean obviously we I saw know, the I, effort I think last blaming night. the coaching is way too easy. Like I, I, I what, don't know. Like at what point do they have to do they have to step their game up and actually play, and just like like do you think 
the coach is telling them to not try and not work hard? Do you think they just don't want to play for this coach? Like, I think maybe there's more of a, a lack of leadership. A coach can do so much, but like Shea Weber's leadership I mean, must have made a big difference for for this team because it's there seems to be a lack of it, you know, right now. Like, it's just like, do you really think changing the coach is going to turn would turn this team around? Uh, I think it would make a difference. I mean, just look at the power play and the PK. Those are two things that, you know, I mean, coaching have coaches have a large impact on and just you take a look at them when they're when they're on the PK or when they're on the power play completely disorganized. Nobody seems to know where they're supposed to be They're constantly losing their assignments on the PK on the power play. I mean, they made, I think it was the first power play last night. They cleared the zone themselves with a bad pass three times. Yeah. Like how does like that, that, that to me is on coaching and the same thing. I mean, it got started right off the bat terribly when the, when, uh, when the Kraken scored a little over a minute in basically, as soon as Everly cut through the middle, it looked like nobody knew who they were taking anymore. And Everly had, you know, easy shot. I mean, it, to me, it, it just looks completely disorganized. Don't really seem to have any system whatsoever. Um, but like they, they showed it on the TSN broadcast, the the whole last 64 games. If, if no one's seen it, is basically uh, this. It was a few games ago. Zusham and Jean basically had like Zusham had fi- had hit 64 games in the regular season, and he had exactly the same record, near identical stats, goals for per game, goals against per game as Claude Jean in his last 64 games. So like, if the issue is like you're saying the issue is coaching, but then. It's back-to-back coaches that is the issue. Is it just that Dushan is implementing the exact same system as 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 Julien? Like I don't think he he is. I mean, we saw changes in the system at the beginning of training camp. We were excited for it, but it hasn't turned out well. But like like they just got a new coach. Are going to change coaches again? Like I don't know if that really is. Or do you think it's the assistant coaches that didn't get moved out of the way that's the problem? I mean, I, it's hard. Who knows exactly what's going on in that room? I mean, you know, it, it just I think the coaching staff as a whole, I mean, it, it is whatever's happening right now is is clearly not working. Um, you know, again, they I, I, I don't think it's only Duchamp and, and only the coaching staff's fault. I mean, every play, every single player basically on that team has has, you know, their their share of the blame for sure. And, mm-hmm. and we all know they're not going to fire Duchamp. That's just not going to happen. No, that's they're the not, thing. They're still paying Julien. They're not going to go hire another coach. Um, so they're stuck with Julien or not Julien, but Duchamp for at least this season. But I mean, I think, like, do, you, do you actually believe it's impossible or do you think there's this, like how bad does it have to get for them to, to fire? Cause at some point too, like does Belgian lose his job? But like they just went to the finals, like I don't know. But like it's going so bad. Like let's say it doesn't get better, and all of a sudden the team is like three and like seventeen. You know, like at what point does a change happen, or do do we just play it all out and you know hope for Shane Wright? <laughs> it's I mean it it's a good question. Like I I mean I I don't see it happening, but I mean like obviously you know if they're three and seventeen. Maybe maybe it happens, but I mean, hopefully they can turn it around at least a little bit. Again, like again, it's it's not just the fact that they're losing; it's the way that they're losing. It's the lack of execution, the oh, lack of the, effort. They, they are being dominated. Look, they are last in goals for per game. They are fourth worst, or sixth worst, sorry, in goals against per game. They have 
like the is it the the second worst power play percentage. Somehow the Golden Knights still haven't scored on the power play, so that so they're they're second to them on the PK. They are fourth last. I mean, it's they're across the board. Nothing is going well. Like like w- what are the positives to take? They're the third worst faceoff team. <laughs> I mean, it's just. It's just there's nothing good. They're the sixth worth shots against per team. It, there's just nothing good. Fifth worth shots for per team for, for per game. It's like they're they're bottom five for literally everything. Yep. I mean, well, I mean, first of all, I mean, I think the first positive that we can take away from it is that it can't really get worse. I mean, really, I feel like we would have we could have said that like a week ago. <laughs> And it kind of did, even though we won, it kind of got worse because we then followed the followed up the win because the fact that they won the way they did, but then they followed that up with the performance against Seattle almost makes me more worried because then I'm like, well, is can anything get them out of it or is this the team? Like, I just, yeah, it's yeah, uh, I mean. Yeah, it, it it was like it's just astonishing, like how bad the effort and execution was last night after after like you said that that win. I mean, you know, it, at this point, I mean, it's it's really sad to say after just seven games, but I mean, it uh, realistically, what are really the chances the Habs can make the playoffs at this point? Um, you know, and, and again, I mean, we, again, we touched on it last last week. It's just a matter of hopefully trying to find any positives that we can out of the season. Um, you know, you would hope in this sort of a season, at least where we could get some production from the young guys. And, and clearly that yeah. hasn't even happened at this point. I mean, I, I will say that Caulfield, like as much as the production is not there and like the, the, you would like to see more goals, like I've seen flashes of him like like where he's looked OK. Like he's he's still a, like in the in the realm of the, that he's a rookie, you know, like he hasn't looked bad. Like he hasn't looked like he is all of a sudden not supposed to be in the NHL. Like the only reason I would want him to not be in the NHL is that I don't want him to be living through this tire fire of a season that we're having so far. Uh, but like realistically, he's not going to get sent down. So I mean, that that's almost like the the one positive. I mean, the, the the they showed on the on the TSM broadcast also that he had like good stats for zone entries leading to scoring chances. Like you like to see that he he's getting the scoring chances and not going in. Like I feel like he's going to start getting those goals. However, if you're going to talk about Suzuki, you know that's some that's someone I'm much more concerned about. And this is a team. And Suzuki is probably the biggest thing that's affected this season so far, like, especially offensively. And we talked about it at the beginning of the year, the way this team is built, they can't afford for Suzuki to have a bad year or a bad stretch. And he's having a very bad stretch right now. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and certainly Suzuki and, and I would probably say Petrie as well. Those are probably the two most important players for the Canadians. Um, But yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, Caulfield, there's there's been flashes i mean he hasn't shown up offensively really or i mean at least he hasn't been getting the stats but at least he seems to be making things happen at least you know a couple of times a game he gets a couple of chances um and you know i mean that that's the kind of you know you, you like to see him just shooting the puck and and eventually it's going to go in i mean he has a fantastic shot uh, but suzuki i mean just invisible i mean not, nothing's working for him even even yeah. in the defensive zone it's it's been a huge struggle. Uh, and I mean, Romanov, 
Wow, he has been, and I, and I mean, I, I really noticed it yesterday. Romanov was was really really bad last night. Yeah. Um, so I mean, hopefully, you know, at at least the the least that we can hope for this season, the way that it's going, is hopefully those three guys can can hopefully turn it around and and turn it around soon and, and at least salvage something out of the season. But yeah, more so than like like it's, it's every week we talk about it. But like like is there is it even worth considering the playoffs right now? It's just there's just no chance. There's just I I, I don't see it happening, and it's it's just going so poorly. David Savard has been pretty disappointing, if we're being honest. He hasn't looked great. It's just more yeah, but, more you know, more of the same same on this back end for us, you know. Like there's just. The, the the players who were hoping to be the puck moving defenseman, a guy like Romanov, like you said, he's struggling. And then like Weinman and Niku had their flashes, but then like Niku whiffed on a shot yesterday, gave a breakaway. You know, there's, but you can't expect too much from those guys either. It's just I don't know. And then you look at time on ice per game, and you got like Ben Sherratt, 21 minutes. Like, is that what you want to see? No. No, definitely not. I mean. Savard, yeah, he he's definitely had some struggles here, but I mean, we saw the same thing from Sherratt and Edmondson in their first couple of games with the Habs. You gotta hope, hopefully, at some point, Savard's gonna turn it around. Um, I, I mean, I, I feel like he maybe he's gotten a little bit better, which isn't saying much with the with the way that he got started this season. Uh, you know, I mean, Sherratt, it, it is what it is, really, with Sherratt. I mean, Niku, Niku you know, I think I feel like he's shown some flashes, though. For sure. Yeah, he's definitely, you know, it, he, <laughs> he's a liability in his own zone. That's, yeah, that's for but, sure. But, but, but there's such a lack of puck-moving defensemen on this team that, you know, he has two assists in two games. And uh, on this team, that's worth a lot, you know? Like, there, there, there's, there's such a lack there that, you know, maybe you got to take it. You try to find a... Uh, a good shutdown guy to play with him, but like I, I don't like if we talked about the lines, you know, like they move stuff around a little bit. They've kept Dwayne Dvorak Anderson together. They've they've continued to look to look pretty good, but then it's like, I mean, like Hoffman Suzuki Gallagher, they're the only goal the team got yesterday, but even then, like you're not seeing that much. I mean, Hoffman has a couple goals after missing the beginning of the year, which is nice. Gallagher just like he Gallagher really worries me. Gallagher is turning. I, I hate to shit on Gallagher. He's given so much to this team, but he's turning quickly into the worst contracts in the NHL. And because like that, show, but the, dude, the, I, that how much he's getting paid right now? It's it's only gonna get worse if you if you consider that the contracts are just starting. Like like that play yesterday, where uh, Hoffman passed it to him, perfect setup, one time where he can't lift the puck. Yeah. It, like sure, the, the, like it comes off as a nice save by Grubauer, but I mean Gallagher is meant to be a goal scorer on this team, right? He got paid that money because he's he's averaged close to thirty goals a season. If he can't finish on those opportunities anymore, this team's in trouble. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, at least he had a couple of chances last night. I mean, you know, trying to trying to find the positive here. Um, no, but that's yeah, so, the thing. He has the chances because he's still playing the same way. He's still working hard, but I, I think maybe he's lost a step. And when you play the way Gallagher does, losing a step can can really affect your game, right? Because he would score by giving absolutely everything he has. If everything he has isn't as much as it used to be, it might be a bad time. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I still I still have hopes that Gallagher's going to turn it around. I mean, you know, I think the way that some of these guys are playing and like like obviously like Gallagher and Petrie and and probably a couple of other players on the team, the way that they're they're kind of playing to start. I mean, you know, I I think probably uh, uh, at least part of the reason for that is is the shorter off off season because of of course you know, of course yeah. But so I I don't know if that's sort of what it is. I mean, maybe, maybe they're still battling through injuries. Um, but I mean, Gallagher, though, goes back to the playoffs last year. He scored two goals in 22 games. I mean, he and, and one of those two goals was that awful goal that Jack Campbell led in in, in, in that game seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to find any positives. I mean, again, I, I, I find a little bit of solace, at, at least it. You know, because I feel like Gallagher was was pretty invisible for a lot of the beginning of the season. At least he had yeah, two or three chances last night. Yeah. Um, so so hopefully, you know that that can sort of get him going a little bit. And I mean, honestly, having two or three chances that's that's more than you can say for a lot of the Canadians so far. So no, for you know, sure. I mean, it's, at some but, point somebody's gonna score. You would think. I mean, the, some of these guys are gonna start turning turning it around. Hopefully. Um, you know they're out west. Uh, they're away from the media again. You know, uh, I mean, it's it's teams that don't have necessarily the best teams either. I mean, like you know, I the mean, Sharks, they're playing the Sharks Canadians, tomorrow, but... which was the other worst game of the season for the Canadians. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I don't know if they're gonna go into that game too confident. I mean, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I mean, you, you are kind of right. Like you can't really get much much worse. I mean, like when you can, when you look at the season so far. One of the best performances of the year was a 2-1 loss to Toronto. That was a snoozer of a game. There's, yeah, there's just no positives. <laughs> that's it's definitely true. And and you know that that's one thing too that I noticed is that, um, I mean I think it's pretty obvious they they've they they always get off aside from that first game against Toronto. I mean basically they they just right off the bat they're not like they don't yeah. seem ready. Yeah. Right. They always get off to a bad start aside from that first five minutes against Toronto. And, you know, again, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to say it again. I mean, that, that I think that, you know, goes back to coaching at a certain point. So I don't know. They, they, they have a lot of stuff to figure out. I mean, honestly, I'm not really even sure where it has to begin, especially again, like, like we said, they're, they're not firing this coach anytime soon. No, exactly. Exactly. They're not firing the coach. It's like, why even talk about it? The, the, the one other thing that can change and, it's like, I know it seems silly because I've always been of the opinion that when it comes to a captain that, I mean, these are all grown men. Like they really respect a person with a letter on his jersey more than another. Is it really that important to have an appointed like leader on the team? But I mean, I, I, w- I was reading recently uh, Mike McKenna, for, for those not familiar with him, he's a former NHLer and he, he, he writes for the Daily Faceoff and he talked about how he's been on teams that didn't have a, a captain and it just shows, right? It's, it's an issue. Like every team should have a captain in his opinion, because, or else you have kind of a confusion when it comes to the leadership and, 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 and the leadership group and who to listen to and who to follow. But then it's like, we talked, we've talked about who's the next captain after Weber. I mean, like, so re- like recently there was Dwayne in an interview basically announced Weber's retirement. I'm pretty sure he, he wasn't supposed to announce it like that, but uh, it, it really seems like Weber's probably not coming back. And if we know that for a fact, it's time to talk about replacing the captain. But then, like, you, you've talked about it before, and, like, the way Gallagher's kind of 
trending, I'm starting to agree with you that it's probably not the best move with Gallagher. I mean, he had those comments when that goal got got disallowed. That he he made that comments that not nine out of ten people would agree with him, but there's that one person in Toronto that doesn't. So he he he's kind of insinuating that he gets bad calls, that he gets bad like the, the the leagues against him or whatever. Is that really the type of player you want as your captain? If he are he himself feels that way, you know, maybe he's better off as the assistant. And then I talked about is when he signed the contract, is Suzuki the next captain? But after the start of his season, the last we want to do is give more pressure to Nick Suzuki right now. The only solution is really Jeff Petrie. But is Jeff Petrie really the next captain of the Montreal Canadiens? I mean, I, I kind of feel like at this point he 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 seems like the only real option. And it, like, you know, we've, we've, I've talked about it before that Gallagher, you know, like, like you just mentioned, because of his relationship that he has with the refs, you know, I, I, he would seemingly be, I'm sure he's probably the most respected player in the, in the Canadians locker room, but, but that, yeah. that to me would be a concern. And then after that, I mean, Suzuki, I mean, there's, there's, I, he's way too young for that, especially to deal with the, with the media here in Montreal. I definitely don't think that would be the way to go. He has enough pressure as it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, Petrie to me, it would be the guy that, that would make sense. I mean, I really don't see anyone else um, that, that could be an option, but but it's obvious that, that Weber's not coming back. I, I would understand not appointing another captain if, you know, he's coming back. It may yeah. be, maybe he's yeah. not going to be back this season, but he'll be back next season. But he's obviously – he's clearly not coming back, and so they should clearly have – uh, have a captain it, it just doesn't make sense and, and I mean, if they want to, to the, they, they can still announce it as like interim captain just to say that yeah if weber comes back he'll be he obviously obviously gets the seat back no one's questioning that but like we all know he's probably not coming back so i mean i guess give jeff petrie the z he'll be he'll be the captain for a couple seasons and then hopefully suzuki has continued to progress and then i would guess he's the next captain in a couple of years but i mean to get back to the uh to the leadership point i mean one thing that that I think really hurt this team and 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 obviously impacted the leadership is what happened with Carey Price. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's it you know it it seemingly came out of nowhere right before the season was starting, and I remember Bergevin. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he alluded to the fact that a lot of players, like the the team was was sort of in shock. The players were in shock yeah. when it happened. Yeah. So I mean, ob- obviously, I mean, no blame whatsoever to Price, but. I think that had a huge yeah. role as to why this team sort of looks lost out there, why they look, I mean, seem, seemingly lacking effort and lacking leadership. I think that 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 is a big reason why. Because uh, I think Shea Weber and Carey Price were the leadership of the Montreal Canadiens, you know, like like not to take anything from Jeff Petrie or, or Brendan Gallagher, who who I'm, I'm sure were extremely respected in their own rights, it, it went through Weber and, and Price. And, and goalies aren't often talked about as much as leaders on a team. But but the way Carey Price has carried himself as, as a Montreal Canadian, the, the way that he, he shoulders so much of the responsibility after a loss, I mean, just listen to any interview of a former teammate of Carey Price, and they have nothing but great things to say about him as, as a leader, as, as, as a teammate, and... So, so, so really, it's these types of intangibles that I've often scoffed at as them being kind of overrated by by media and all that, I, I feel like I'm getting proven to be to be wrong here by uh, by the beginning of the season for the Montreal Canadiens because it just f- feels like a group that's lost out there that just needs 
these that like lost their two captains essentially. You know, if you kind of like include Price in there, and they just you know that 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 this is it's it's in slides like this that they really need guys like that to help them get out of it. And like a game like yesterday against Seattle, like I don't want to put too much blame on Jake Allen for his for his play because he's played pretty solid so far. Like I wouldn't say he's the main reason they've been losing, but he was terrible yesterday. He was straight up terrible. Some of the goals he let in were just 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 atrocious. It's just making it easy for for Seattle, and that does affect you know, how you play as a team in front of the goalie and all that. So it's if sometimes you wonder, how, would there have been a few games this year that if Carey Price was in, the Canadians would have won? You know, it's 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 not just speaking against Allen. It's just speaking in pro Price, you know, because Price makes a big save at the right time. And you we've seen it time and time again. It puts a kick in the step of the team. And then they go on the other, the other, other side and they, and they score, you know. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely a good point. I mean, you know, the, obviously they allowed that first goal. I mean, definitely the first goal was not, uh, not on Jake Allen whatsoever, um, but the Canadians came back and tied it up. I, I don't know about that. That Eberle goal. I mean, I feel like first price goal? makes that save. I mean, maybe, but, uh, but the, I'm definitely not going to blame Jake Allen with that. Like, one. I'm that not, I'm not blaming him, but I'm not saying like, it's, it's like not a, a, a save you can make. I mean, like just Eberle's in the slot. He takes a shot. He's a pretty good shooter. But he, if you look at the replay, you can kind of see that he's giving Eberle a few holes. You know, like one thing we've always talked about with Price is positioning. And I just don't think there's as much room to shoot if you're if Carey Price is in that there. Well, he's also just, a couple of inches taller than sure, Jake Allen. Sure. So that, that, that plays into it as well. Um, but, I mean, the second and third goals, I'm definitely not going to argue with. Those were those were very bad goals. He should have yeah. – well, I mean, the second one was very bad. The third one, he played it, I mean, pretty much as badly as you could possibly play that. He you mean the, Yan, the Yanni the Gord one? Is that yeah, the, the Yanni Gord goal. Yeah. He basically moved out of the way for him. Um, so, I mean, you know, it was a good chance. I mean, the Canadians shouldn't have given up that chance, but he played it as basically as bad as he possibly could have. So, yeah. uh, I mean, definitely. I mean, those were back-to-back goals, back-to-back pretty soft goals. You know, if Carey Price was there and stopped those two, I mean, it de- you know. And, I mean, and, and especially, especially for a group bad. that is so weak right now. That's true. Yeah. You, you I see mean, your goalie let that in, and then you're completely deflated. Yeah, definitely. Back to back goals like that, you know, it's it's you're all of a sudden you're down three to one. Definitely really, really deflating. Yeah, you, and you, you know, you're down three to one and you've only scored more than one goal once so far this year. You you, you don't believe in yourself to come back in that moment, you know. No, that's true. So it, it definitely I mean, Jake Allen, I think, uh, you know, he hasn't he, he's been pretty decent this season. Um, and actually, we had a hot take here uh, on Twitter from Dylan uh, from the Habstetician. <laughs> who said Jake Allen is playing some of the best hockey I've seen him play in a Habs uniform. The the numbers do not bear this out. I mean, if he would have posted this before the game against Seattle, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's, if it's his best hockey he's played as a Canadian, but I really don't think he's been that bad. Uh, I think his defense has really been letting him out to drive But But I mean, last night you can't say, I mean, I, I no. don't think anybody's going to say that Jake Allen played well last night. No, I and, mean, he made a couple of big saves. Look, but. Dylan, love the guy, love the podcast, but that is not just, that's that's a bad take is what I would call it. It's just incorrect, okay? I mean, Jake Allen at the end of last season was was, was phenomenal, and he started off more pretty solid this year, but I mean, the, 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 this game against Seattle, and it's just, it's not just about, 
whether or not because I feel like sometimes with goaltending we tend to be like oh well I wouldn't blame him for that but sometimes you you need more than that you need your goalie to make the big save like it's not because it, the, the it, it it was a nice goal and it wasn't like necessarily something I need to to blame on the goalie as a weak goal that it's not a goal that you'd like to see a save from sometimes do you know what I mean like what made Price one of the best goalies in the NHL for so many years is that he made saves that other goalies wouldn't make. And you just need that from your goaltender. And we haven't been getting enough of that. And here's the thing with Jake Allen. Like, I don't blame him. He was signed to be a backup. And I think it's become quite obvious in Jake Allen's career. He's a fantastic backup, but he's not a number one goaltender. Because when it comes to having the large workload, playing every game and all that, that's just not the guy he is. And now with his backup being Montembeau, which is like, we don't even need to talk about him. This this team is in desperate need for Carey Price to come back, but at the same time, in no way want to rush him back, right? So, it's just, I think no, exactly. it is what it is with this season. I mean, I I just don't see a solution. There isn't one. Uh, no, <laughs> probably no solution really uh, for this season anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Jay Count. Hopefully, Carey Price. Obviously, he's got to take the time that uh, that he needs to take. Hopefully he's going to be back soon. I mean, again, I mean, I, I don't think uh, you can blame Jake Allen too much. I mean, aside from last from last night, I don't think he was very good. Samuel Montembeau, you know, he's played one game I think so far. wasn't that great in the game. Yeah. Uh, he's pro- I'm assuming he's probably going to be playing this weekend. Um, so yeah. hopefully he can uh, he can show what he has. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, obviously from Carey Price to. Uh, Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau, there's a there's a pretty big uh, step down. When but, I mean, with- if I'm being honest, at this point, if this keeps going, the record doesn't get better. Whenever Price is ready, I might just tell him, you know what, Price, take the whole year off because now I'm worried Price is going to come back, play great, and just make the Canadians go higher in the standings, but it's not going to be enough to make the playoffs, which is the worst case scenario. So, you know, Price, you know what, take a full year. We're good. <laughs> Take your time. Take your time. I, I I saw I saw a good one on Reddit for 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 the for the saying pain for Shane. I think that's pretty good. Oh, that's not bad. Well, right? I also saw sh- shite for right. I mean, that's not a bad one either. I mean that that's a little childish if you ask me. I mean, I I I think I prefer that one. <laughs> pain for Shane. For I, don't know, I like I prefer pain for Shane. I mean, once we get to the point where we've all accepted as a fan base, that's what's going on. We'll we'll have to have a, a discourse on Twitter to determine what the what the correct one is. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about prospects pretty soon. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, let's let's move on from the. Oh, I, do we want to do we want to do predictions? Do we do we think this uh, this little? I mean, they've already started the road trip. So by the time they're back in at home playing Detroit again, so that's interesting actually. So they're playing in San Jose, in LA, and in Anaheim, and then Tuesday they're back at home against Detroit. So I predict they don't win until they're back home against Detroit, and then they'll only have two wins in both of the game against the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say they're gonna go one. Uh, well, I I don't know if we're gonna have a podcast before the Red Wing game, but um. You know, I'm, I'm going to say the next three games in California, I say they're going to win against the Kings. They're going to lose tomorrow to the Sharks and lose on Sunday against the Ducks. Are, are you saying like, are you saying one and one and one like one OT loss to? No, no, they're not. They're just going to win. They're, they're just going to lose straight up. <laughs> yeah, because 
when they lose, they lose by multiple goals, right? Yeah, so exactly. one, one and two. I mean, that, that that's probably more likely to happen. I just think it'd be kind of funny if they 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 only have two wins on the season. They're both against Detroit, especially when you consider what was was it wasn't last year. I think it was the year before where they just couldn't beat Detroit when Detroit was historically bad. Obviously, it wasn't last year. They didn't play. They only played Canadian teams last year. So it just not, now it's turned around. Now apparently the only team they can beat is Detroit. How how fun? Maybe they'll only get uh, four wins the whole year. I mean that that uh, that's definitely a lot of pain for Shane. So yo, for sure. But then you still only have like a sixteen percent chance at the first pick. But hey, this draft this draft is strong though, so you're still guaranteed a solid player. Anyways, let's uh let's move on from uh from the Canadians and talk about how well it's going in uh in Laval. We got a yeah, good I mean, story there. Oh yeah, well I mean the the team as a whole results wise it, it hasn't been too bad. Uh, three three wins and two losses so far, uh, but yeah, not a great story coming out here with uh, with Michael McNiven. Um, you know, it's 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 not a great situation. I mean, obviously, you know. So basically, what happened was that he played. Uh, he was playing in a game. Uh, which one was it? I believe it was the game against Belleville. Uh, Belleville Saturday. Yeah, I believe it was against um, Belleville Senators last Sunday or last Saturday. Sorry. Where he was, uh, he was a starting goaltender. He let in the first goal um, early on in the game, and um, you know he he was feeling some sort of a he was cramping. Um, so it was a yeah a couple of minutes into the second period he let in a goal. He was he was cramping. He wasn't feeling right, and he basically asked the coach uh, Jean-François Hult you know to pull him, and he said no, and <laughs> they kept him in for another two goals. Um, and they finally decided to pull him after the third uh, after the third goal. Um, and then uh, Michael McNiven was talking to Voice of the Rocket, Anthony Marcotte, recently, I think uh, two or three days ago. And basically he sort of, you know, he not a, not a rant, but he, he basically said what he had to say. He was very unhappy with with the way that that happened. Um, you know, I mean, he if you've been following Michael McNiven's career, yeah. he hasn't really been supported that much by the Canadians. Um, you know, previously in previous seasons, what he's been sent down to the ECHL prior, you know, the Canadians didn't have the lines. They didn't even have an ECHL affiliate for the last five or six years, I believe. So he's basically been bouncing around from team to team, never really getting an opportunity. Um, so he, and even at one point, the Canadians had recalled him back from the ECHL team that he was with back to the Laval rocket and they didn't let the Laval rocket know that, <laughs> that he had been recalled. So obviously not a great situation. You know, he's, he basically said that he feels like he's never got the opportunity, which is definitely fair. Um, you know, he said that every time the Canadians give him a, a goal or, uh, or whatever to achieve, he always achieves it and he never, never gets his opportunity. He feels like he's always, you know, he's, he's never got his opportunity, even as a starting goaltender in the rocket, he's, he's outperformed the other goalie, you know, Charlie, uh, Charlie Lindgren prior, and now Keenan Primo. And that, you know, he feels the organization already knows who they're going to go with, regardless yeah. of what their performances are. I mean, it's hard and to I mean, argue with him. It's hard to argue. He's making a lot of valid points. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's such a, such a peculiar situation at the same time, because, of what has happened with Michael McNiven prior. I mean, obviously he, he has every reason to be mad. Uh, and, and it's fair. I mean, you know, from a, from a Canadian's perspective, I mean, Caden Primo, 
you know, he, he hasn't necessarily been great over the last calendar year, I would say, but at the same time, he's, he is seen by the organization and, and by fans, you know, to, to be the number one of the Canadians yeah. or the future yeah, number sure. one of the Canadians, um, whether that's going to happen or not, you know, it remains to be seen. But, but back when it was Lindgren that was there, you know, like I get yes. McNiven being frustrated at this point because we would talk about it on the podcast where it was clear that McNiven was better than Lindgren, you know, but they kind of, Kept trying lingering with a while, then the whole situation in ECHL for McNiven. I mean, I'm surprised he's even still part of the organization. You know, I'm sure he would have been happier somewhere else because I feel like he's been good enough to be a, a AHL goalie for a while. Like absolutely. a starter. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's put up very good numbers um, since since becoming a pro. I mean, his last year in June, obviously, he wasn't a guy that was drafted. He was signed as a free agent uh, after uh, after a rookie camp. I think five or six years ago, um, you know, his last season in junior, he was the CHL goalie of the year. So it's not a guy that didn't, that, that really came out of nowhere. Um, you know, maybe, um, peaked a little bit later on, but you know, he, it, I mean, yeah, you have, you have to agree with him. Um, you know, just based on, on the past, but at, at the same time, you know, I, I don't know, you're the backup goaler. <laughs> Um, anyway, sure. obviously, you know, it's, it's not going well with the, with the organize with, with McDivitt in the organization. Jean-Francois Hull has been alternating the goalies, um, since the beginning of the season. And that was the plan. Ten, the Rocket are playing tonight. It was supposed to be McNiven's start and he ended up going with Primo instead. Okay. Well, um, there you go. That's, that's, yeah, uh, that's so, the message sent. I'm going to expect that, uh, probably McNiven gets, gets traded in the next couple of days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, you're probably not going to get a whole lot for him, unfortunately. Uh, and I'm sure he's going to be a great AHL goalie. I, d- I don't know that he has, that he's going to be an NHL goalie, but he's going to be a very good AHL goalie for another team, I'm sure. And then you're probably going to have Kevin Poulain uh, coming up to play for the, for the rocket to back up Primo. And he, and he looked so good when we saw him in, uh, in Tuolivian over the weekend. Yeah, not a great yeah. start. To I mean, season. I mean, let, let's let, let's talk about that a little bit. We we so me and Dustin and one, another one of our friends went to uh, to see the home opener for for the Trois-Rivières uh, Lyon or Lions, I guess. And uh, I mean, the whole the sold out crowd. The crowd was pretty rowdy. I mean, like you can tell that they were excited to have the team there. To have the whole pregame ceremony. You know, it, it it was a little like low budget and a little like kitschy and all that. But like of course like, you expect it. it is still ECHL. It is what it is. You know, it's their first time doing things and like they were having a hard time getting the carpet off the ice after the anthem and stuff like that. All good. Whatever. We're having a good time. And then it took 15 seconds for the growlers to score. Yeah. I mean that's gotta be a record of some of some yeah. sort. I mean, we, we couldn't help ever. but laugh when that happened, really. Oh, my God. Oh, but, uh, hey, hey uh, like, they went down 4 nothing at one point, and they made it back up to 4-2. And I'll give it this to the fans in Trois-Rivières. Like, they were rowdy when they scored. Like, the, when they made it 4-1, the crowd, was like, jumped up and was really, really cheering. Like, that's not, it's definitely a crowd that was ready to uh, to, to, to celebrate and, and have a good time. Hopefully, it gets uh, it gets better a bit for, uh, for Trois-Rivières, but... Did not look great in that first game. Definitely not. No, definitely not. And, and I mean, it didn't get much better, unfortunately. I mean, they 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 started off three games. I mean, they played uh, Thursday, then they they lost. But they they ended up losing Thursday in their first game, six to three. Friday lost three to one. Tuesday lost four to one. Um, all three games against the Growlers. Yeah. Now, I mean, the, the Growlers it might just be are the Growlers. Known. Like it might be the well, Growlers. It, yeah, the the Growlers are known as one of, if not the best teams 
um, in the ECHL. So, so definitely not an easy start for, for Trois-Rivières, especially trying to get their footing as a new team. Guys that most of them have never played together before. Eric Belanger, the, the head coach of the, of the Lions, also has never been a professional coach before. So a lot of them are learning on the fly here, not the way they wanted to start their season, of course, especially in inaugural season. But but they were they were getting, you know, basically the best team in the league right off the bat. Hopefully they can turn around. They're playing Friday and Saturday still at home um, against the Reading Royals, a team that hopefully they'll uh, hopefully they'll have a little bit more success against for sure. All right. I mean, uh, good, good stuff. I mean, it's, it's going so well in the Montreal Canadiens organization uh, overall. Um, <laughs> but like you said, like it's not like the Laval is going so poorly. It's just it sucks to hear about McNiven. Like I was excited for him to be able to not be in the that ECHL hell anymore. But uh, and it was aside from that, any uh, any prospect news to, to talk about. Uh, I mean, I haven't really put together any news here. I mean, Blake, uh, Blake Biondi, um, a guy that uh, we drafted fourth rounder two years ago. He he was um, in the NCAA. He was uh, the conference that he's playing in. I believe it's the ECAC. He was uh, one of the stars of the week. So, I mean, that's that's definitely positive news. Um, you know, from the games that I saw, I mean, obviously, we you know, we were gone all weekend uh, in Trois-Rivières in Quebec watching, uh, watching the Rampart after. So, I haven't really followed it too much over the weekend. But... Um, I, you know, the games that we did see in Trois-Rivières, I think, you know, the Canadians have two prospects down there, Arsen Hisamutinov and Cam Hillis. And, you know, from what I saw, they were probably yeah. the two best players. Oh, absolutely. Especially positive. Cam Hillis. I mean, at first, I, I found that Cam Hillis was trying to do too much by himself. And then I watched more of the game and I understood why he was trying to do so much by himself. Uh, <laughs> yep. So, but... uh but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that that's good for them at least. You know, they weren't getting a whole lot of time with the Rocket. They'll they'll be getting an abundance of time certainly with the Lions, and and maybe next year or at some point this season, maybe they'll get a chance with the Rocket. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they're they're both off to a good start. Even the Lions had the Lions haven't really got off to a great start, but at least those two are are showing some some signs of improvement. And the Rocket again, I mean, they're off to a great start. Michael Pozzetta again, a guy that that you know really surprised at camp. Yeah. He's been, he's great, been great one of the story. best Great story. Type of guy you love yeah. seeing doing well. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, there are positives in the or- in the organization. I mean, you know, we know that uh, some of the players in the queue that, that we drafted this year, Riley Kidney, Joshua Roy, and Xavier Simeno were all off to a great start, uh, you know, putting up great points as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think as this season goes on, if the Canadians continue to play their way, they're going to uh, – or the way that they have so far, we'll definitely be talking a lot more about prospects oh. uh, over the rest of the season. Absolutely, absolutely. I I I I foresee this happening. Uh, I, I would I would be shocked if to, if it doesn't. So, uh, I mean, hopefully we still have. I mean, like as much as like part of me is like more thinking about you know maybe we should start paying for Shane and all that. Like you, you don't want to see the losses look as bad as this. So hopefully next week. We could talk about a few games on this road trip, regardless of whether they won one, two, or none. You know that you know the, the effort was better. That that you know we maybe a few goals from Caulfield and all that. I mean, I'll I'll say that I predict a goal, at least one goal from Caulfield in the next three games, so we can celebrate that. Uh, but uh, I mean, there hasn't been much more to, to 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 celebrate. But like you said earlier, can't get much worse. So, I mean, we'll we'll be back next week to talk about the West Coast road trip. Uh, as always, uh, thank you for listening and. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time.